can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome, everybody, to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. What happened to the dating podcast? When are we hearing it? So I started listening back to you all of the content and I just felt it was great, but it was just not appropriate. If you don't know, I like had like four ISO dates and I, I asked their permission, but I recorded the dates. Yeah. And they were all super keen. I really want to hear them. One of the questions was, are you intimidated by vibrators or do you guys work well as a team? That was one of the questions. And did any of them surprise you with their answer? They all were like, fine. But is that because they knew they were being recorded? (laughs) Possibly. (laughs) They definitely would not have been their true selves. (laughs) I was my podcast self, so I came across as way more charming than I usually do. Okay. I need to pretend that every date's recorded for a podcast and then I come across as like totally like charming because otherwise I'm just, I'm, I'm a mess. (laughs) <laughs> I'd love to just eavesdrop on you on a date. This won't surprise you, but I always talk about moving to Thailand. And then I think I scare them off with that because they want to like settle down. And, yeah. like, and I'm like, yeah, no, my long-term plan is to live on like a commune in Thailand. <laughs> and they're like, uh, I'm 35. I want to buy a house and have three kids. Yes. Like, no, thanks. <laughs> because of my age now, a lot of the guys I date have kids and they're like, yeah. um, yeah, no, that, that won't work for me. Like my, my daughter's in Melbourne. <laughs> God. Okay. Well, okay. we can talk about dating all oh, day. That's what I wanted to talk about today was that Netflix show. Have you watched it yet? With oh, the 365, is it? 365 days. I haven't watched it yet. No. So, so look, anyone that follows me on Instagram will know that I'm obsessed with the main guy and he's yes. definitely my future husband. And actually someone messaged me on Instagram and said, if I don't marry him, I'll be really upset. <laughs> Which is exactly how I feel. Oh, you got competition. So actually my new project is I'm going to write a romance novel. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I know I keep jumping from project to project. No, that's that's a good idea, I think, for you. That's very fitting. Yeah, because I'm actually going to, let's not discuss this story on the podcast, but I'm going it, to, it, it's going to follow the same story, but be way more raunchy of, you know, like the, you know, the story. In India. Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh. Can you please beep this out, Matthew? <laughs> oh, oh my God. Yes. If anyone out there has done any projects over ISO, let yeah. us know what they've been. I'd love yep. to get some, I'd love to read out some DMs on here about Same. what your project has been. Yeah. So on today's episode, we are talking about Milia because we get thousands of questions about Milia. Um, And then we are talking to Tanya Artistry about finding the right foundation shade and, of course, our products we didn't know we needed. Well, okay. So from my understanding, Milia is when, uh, I'm not going to look at the notes, um, (laughs) Milia is when something or other gets trapped under the skin and it has, it forms like a little, I don't know what gets trapped, but it forms Mm -hmm. like a little white bump. Yep. And it looks like a pimple, but it's not. You can't Mm -hmm. squeeze it like a pimple. It has to be extracted. And I used to get them under my eyes when I was using like a heavy eye cream and Mm -hmm. my mum gets them too. Yes. How did I do? You did pretty good. 
you did pretty good. So it's um when a buildup of keratin happens under the skin. So that's like the cells that form skin and hair and all of those kind of things. So that's when it gets trapped under the skin, but it's not, as you said, it's not like a pimple. So it's not where you're squeezing it and it's coming out easily, which is why it's so important not to try and get them out yourself. I know that it's really tempting and all the time I tell my mum off for doing it because she gets them. And she'll all of a sudden have this like red mark on her face. And I'm like, mom, what have you been picking? Like, stop. What have I told you? But it happens sometimes because the products that you're using are too heavy. So as you said, when you were using like a heavy eye cream, you found Mm. that you were getting them around your eyes. But it can also happen with quite thick moisturizers as well if your skin just can't tolerate it. Often in that case, I recommend switching to a gel or a water gel texture in your eye cream and your moisturizer to try and curb them reoccurring once you've had them extracted, but also using a chemical exfoliant regularly. And that might've been a component for you as well, Hannah, in them going away was that you were using a chemical exfoliant really regularly to get rid yes. of that layer of dead skin that's sitting on the surface, which can contribute to the milia happening. So it is preventable in some instances, but also just be aware that you shouldn't be picking at them because they are very hard to get out and you'll end up damaging that skin around the milia and you can end up causing you know quite a bit of damage to it and you don't want to end up causing you know broken capillaries and stuff in the area so I do recommend absolutely going and having them extracted but actually James Vivian did a couple of extractions on me and on me so we Joe and I both went and had our first treatments back from ISA but we went together of course because someone had to film the other (laughs) yeah (laughs) it didn't happen it didn't happen if you didn't film it and we both had our milia extracted it's like a little needle you can't feel it and then the needle goes into it and then he squeezes it out it's completely painless and they know exactly what they're doing and as you said they just prick the surface of the skin and that helps to ease it out without causing damage around the milia but yeah if you don't want to go and have it extracted or you don't know where to go, try using a chemical exfoliant um, like a lactic or a glycolic acid. But again, around the eyes, that's a bit tricky to do because you don't really want to be taking those products up around the eye. So I would go and see a dermatologist or dermal clinician to have them treated because they are a bit annoying. They get in the way. And The other thing is to swap. If you're using a heavy eye cream, That that's yeah. all that I needed to do was to swap my eye cream. I was starting to get like those, yeah, the white bumps under the eyes. And so I was like immediately swapped to a serum or a gel Mm -hmm. and that cleared it up. It's really, really common. But there are eye creams with things like retinol in them. I know Murad has one with retinol in it. There's a few other brands that have them that may help because I think that's a lighter texture, but it's also got that um, retinol content in it as well, which helps to speed up cell turnover. So that could help reduce them coming back as well. But um, yes, the main moral of the story here is please don't try and pick them um, because I get a lot of questions about milia and I always, my first response is please don't try and get them out yourself. Well, I probably would try, but I know um, that you would. I know <laughs> that message was mainly for you. <laughs> I, I bought one of those. I went into Chemist Warehouse the other day and I bought one of those sticks that have like you didn't. Um, with the um like extractor tools. Yes, I bought an extract. I haven't used it yet. Um I haven't had to. My skin's been pretty good. I got that to try and get my blackheads out really? next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll let you know how I go. You're meaning like the metal tool where it's got <laughs> yeah. like the loop at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you'd see on like pimple popping things. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's got a needle. But, but because oh. I had my blackheads extracted from with James Vivian, it, they've been okay. And are you going to go back and have another peel? Because you said after that you were a bit peely. I was like, nah, it's not going to peel. My skin is tough as nails. It did peel. It peeled for like two days. Just like flakiness? Um, no, it was peeling. Like it really? was, it wasn't like it wasn't like milky foot on my face, but yeah. it was still peeling. <laughs> but I mean, you saw how much pain I was. I was in quite yeah. a lot of pain. I know. You, she messaged me later. She was like, I was really trying to be brave. <laughs> well, because I didn't want him to go soft. I wanted him to, yeah. I wanted the hardcore stuff. Yeah. But he said that I can go more intense next time. Ooh. You had a pretty intense one. What did you have? You had a chemical peel, but what was it? I had a three layer chemical peel. And so it was, I think it was the highest strength salicylic acid Ooh. first. Yeah. It smelt like petrol. And yeah. then there was he put on an AHA over the top, but I can't remember which one, and then a retinol. Okay, yeah. And it really frosted over. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a hard peel. <laughs> it was amazing, though. I absolutely, like, loved it. Yeah, it's the perfect time, actually, to go and have a peel if you can, especially a hardcore one, like if you wanted to have Cosmolan or something like that. We have to get someone to come in to talk about one of those, like, peels that you need to go on to general anaesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so interested. Like The TCA peels. Yeah, like mm. something intense. I'd love to know all about it. If you've got quite bad acne scarring, is that the kind of concern that it would be treating? So when I was working in a clinic, I saw a patient that had just come out of her surgery. She had something else done, but she also had a really hardcore peel done at the same time. And it was around her mouth for smoker's lines. So she had really Ah. quite deep wrinkles in that area. And so she'd had this really hardcore peel all around her mouth and down to her chin. Right. And it was like the skin was raw. It was completely there was no Ooh. there was no skin there. I was like, but she had a really good result from it. So I think okay. that was a TCA peel. I'm pretty sure, but it was that was many years ago. So my memory could be wrong. But um, yeah, okay. she had it for those really deep lines, the smokers lines, and actually had a really good result. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh, highly resurfacing, as in your skin will no longer be there. <laughs> maybe just maybe just don't smoke. I yeah. <laughs> So today's guest that we'd like to welcome on the podcast is here to talk about foundation shades. So Tanya Artistry joins us. Welcome, Tanya. Thank you for having me. No, our pleasure. We're glad to have you here because we wanted to really talk about finding the right foundation shade because I think most of us have experienced this challenge at some point in our lives. Mine was probably at a MAC counter when I was 15. But can you tell us a little bit about the different undertones in our skin from fair to deep skin tones? Sure. Um, What is undertone? Basically is the underlying color in our skin tone. Um, if you know what I mean, like they could be different colors. There are three main undertones, which is cool undertone. Then you have neutral undertone and you also have warm undertone. So cool undertone is basically more like a pink undertone and warm undertone would be more like a golden yellowy amber sort of undertone. So the neutral would be more like a combination of two. So That would be about undertones. These are the main ones. And what about the different undertones in foundations? How do you know which undertone you are and does your background impact the undertone? Okay, so there are definitely different like undertones in foundations. It's not just light, medium and deep. You have to pick the right undertone when you're looking for a foundation. 
So the way you can do it is there are two, two tests you can do, which is first is your vein test, which you could do like, you know, by looking at the wrist. And if the veins are more uh, purple and blue, then that would be a more cool toned, undertoned um, skin tone, if you know what I mean. I'm just looking at my veins now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And for someone who is a warmer, you know, skin tone person, then the warm undertone would have more like greenish veins. And if it's neutral undertone, then that would be like a combination of two. Mm-hmm. I think I'm a neutral undertone. You've got a neutral joke. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking yeah. at mine and mine look quite blue. Yeah. And another one, which is a really good one, which people I'm not sure if they know about, you could do a photo test, which is you stand close to natural light and have like a white dress or something close to your face. And then you can see in the mirror or take an image and see what reflection what like what sort of undertone is coming through whether it's more golden or whether it's more yellow or more peachy or pink that's another way to test undertone right that's interesting so if you choose the wrong undertone in your foundation how can that impact the finish of the foundation overall in both fair and deep skin tones it's like a huge difference um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. Uh, you will never realize it in stores when you walk in and, you know, because there are different lights and that play a huge role when you look at um, foundations and things like that. So uh, once you step out of the store and you're in natural lighting and you look at the foundation, it looks totally different. So my suggestion to everyone would be take at least three or four samples home don't jump to conclusions straight away in the stores that, okay, this is my color and this is what I'm going to go for. Just take three or four foundations samples, wear it for at least good two, three hours. If you don't want to go out with it, that's fine. But just check it in natural lighting and see if that's the color. Mm-hmm. I think for a long time, I was wearing the wrong foundation shade. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah, it was just the wrong color. And then, and you can really tell because your chest looks a completely different color exactly, exactly. to your face. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. if it oxidizes on your skin as well. And you think it was the perfect shade. And then three hours later, you look in the mirror and you're like, whoa, that's <laughs> not right. I get a lot of clients uh, saying that. So it's very important to kind of try it out and wear it and see Mm. if that suits you. Now with undertones, um, I forgot to tell you that definitely I think your background makes a huge difference too, like in telling you what your undertone would be. So from starting from the lightest to the deepest skin tone, you still have these three main undertones. In terms of summer and winter foundations, do you recommend having a different foundation for summer and for winter or mixing shades to customise? Yes, I would definitely um, recommend having at least a couple of foundations because if it's winter and we're like sitting in in our rooms and we're more indoors, then uh, we're not getting as much sun and our skin becomes more lighter. And if we are on a holiday, that's like a holiday foundation when you go two shades darker, then in that case, you want to have like a darker shade on you. And when you're out and about like in winter or in summer, or if you've had a nice, you know, spray tan or something on, then you want to go in between. Mm -hmm. I actually had a really good tip from James Vivian, Joe, when we went to go see him, which was that I like was using like a face tanner and it was like, I just had like the most 
like so many blackheads from fake tan. And so he said, don't fake tan your face, just color match your foundation body to your body, body. which I was like, oh my God, why have I never thought of that? That is such a good tip. Yeah, (laughs) I think because Hannah, we weren't wearing makeup to the office. So you're kind of relying on your um, face tan to give you kind of that warmth in your face Mm. because we weren't wearing makeup, Mm. but it is a good tip. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, you're totally right. Like you want to match your body to the foundation or something in between, Um, especially for, I feel like for deeper skin tones, if uh, their body's quite deep colored, then you don't want to go super dark as well. You want to be in between. Yeah. I did wonder, Tanya, what some of your favorite foundations with expansive shade ranges were. That's a big thing for me, especially when I'm writing about a new foundation. Um, You know, I expect them to have a really expansive shade range. You know, these days it's 40 minimum shades. What are some of the brands (laughs) that you really love to turn to for, you know, a lot of shades? I personally am a product junkie. (laughs) So are we. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, like crazy product junkie. So my favorite ones, my first love was MAC because no other brand would like make foundations for my skin color. They always had like a really wide uh, range of foundations uh, for all skin colors. So the other one I really like, I'm a huge fan of is NARS because they have two types of foundations. One has more like a dewy finish, which is um, your sheer glow. And the other one is the radiant foundation. That Mm -hmm. is the one I use a lot on my clients and and they have a wide variety of like shades. So I I love their range a lot. And Makeup Mm -hmm. Forever too. Makeup Forever stick foundations are the bomb. Like they're so good. Yes, actually, one of our staff said that too. That she loves the stick foundation. It's so my makeup good. Forever. It's so good. It's so <laughs> long wearing. Great for photo shoots. Uh, if you have a really really important event or like an interview or something, I would recommend wearing one of these foundations. Um, and I did want to ask you were correct me if I'm wrong. You were trained by one of the Fenty head Fenty artists. Yeah. Did you pick up any like amazing tips from doing that training that you can share with us? Yeah. So I was trained uh, in Los Angeles. That was last year. I was interning with Priscilla Uno, who's the global brand ambassador for Fenty Beauty and Rihanna Fenty's personal artist. So she, yeah, it was so amazing. Like she's my guru, like, because she, she does makeup for like everyone. Mm -hmm. That's like how I see myself as well, like doing makeup for everyone, everyone, whoever sits on my chair, I should be able to create a magic for them. So the main thing I picked up from her was skin prep. Mm -hmm. So you have to have this amazing skincare going on before so that you put less makeup on, if you know what I mean. If your skin is looking good, your base is looking good, uh, your foundation is looking good. And if you're just trying to slap it on and, you know, you're not doing any uh, prep work, then it doesn't look as good and it looks super cakey too. Yeah. That would have been an amazing experience learning from her. (laughs) It was so good. Yeah. Have you personally struggled? You mentioned just before about some of the brands that you really loved, but have you personally struggled to find your own foundation shade in the Australian market? And have you 
have you come up with any frustrations around the shades that are stocked in the Australasian market? That's a very good question. Yes, I have struggled for many, many years. I was um, introduced to MAC when I started applying makeup, but there are so many brands, uh, like every, every day there's a new brand that comes up. So as a product junkie, you want to be able to try everything, but not every brand had this foundation for me. So yes, I did struggle. And then especially being a woman of color, I feel my skin tone keeps changing depending on, um, you know, if I've been on a holiday or if I've been indoors too much. I feel like women with color, they have darker peripheries and like lighter face. So Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of a challenge. I don't think a lot of people pick the right foundation. It it takes a lot of time to really nail it. And best advice would be to have two foundations, as we talked about before, Mm -hmm. one darker and one sort of lighter for uh, winter and kind of mix it up and have an in-between color. And do you have any final tips for us on finding the right foundation, whether it be shade or finish or coverage? Are there any tips you can share with us for anyone that's out there going, oh, I just haven't found the one yet? Again, have two foundations. Don't jump to the conclusion when you're in the stores. Pick up samples and uh, take them home. Take photos and see what looks good on you. Finish-wise, it depends on your skin type. So if you are more on the drier side, then you don't want to go super matte, if you know what I mean. Otherwise, it's going to mm-hmm. look really, the skin's going to flake and dry out and things like that. You, you don't want that. That's not the foundation uh, type for you. You want to go for something more dewy if you're more um, dry skin type. But whereas if you're oily and you sweat a lot and you have like oily T-zone, then you don't want to go something super dewy because that's not going to last you. Yep, that's a good tip. Well, thank you so much for um, sharing all of your foundation shade knowledge with us, Tanya. If you want to stalk Tanya's amazing Instagram, it's at Tanya Artistry. Is that right on Instagram? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So you can go and see Tanya's amazing face and her work on her clients on her Instagram. Thanks for joining us, Tanya. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So I'm going to be a little bit naughty today and I'm choosing two products because they go, I feel that they go hand in hand really well together. I'm calling them the Dynamic Dewy Duo. Oh, okay. <laughs> how's my mar- How's my marketing skills? Great. Um, as we've spoken about in this episode, we went to go get our skin treatments. I was told that I have a impaired barrier from James Vivian. So I am conscious of the fact that I don't really give a shit. I'm still using all my actives, but I'm trying to add in sort of a calming serum, which I've never used before. Um, so I actually mm-hmm. used both of these together last night and just put a moisturizer over the top, um, which is quite unlike me. I usually layer like a hundred things on top of each other. So, um, and that's probably why my skin's barrier is a little bit impaired at the moment. Um, <laughs> so basically, um, it's the new skin SkinCeuticals Glycolic 10 Renew Overnight, which is, it is a 10%, mm-hmm. I think. true glycolic acid value, which is pretty intense. It's also got phytic acid, um, which is a exfoliator and a brightener, and it's got a soothing complex to help with irritation and redness. But Mm -hmm. when you put it on, it is – my skin does not tingle, but 
man, did it tingle. You could really feel it eating up all those dead skin cells. Yep. So I put that one on and I was like, well, I really want to put something like a hydrating, soothing serum over the top. So I actually went for the, and I've not really, I know you love La Roche-Posay, but I don't Mm -hmm. use a lot of their products. Your skin isn't as sensitive as mine. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I I use the La Roche-Posay Telerian Ultra Demolurgio. I don't know how to say it. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say that's probably accurate. (laughs) I'm sure there's like a French way of saying that. But anyway, it's a soothing serum. It'll help to like reduce the appearance of redness, but it also gives hydration. Um, It has hyaluronic acid in there. What I really like about these two products is they match. They're both blue. and I just really Uh, like the look of them together. Yeah. So I put that one over the top. And then I put a moisturizer on top of that. And oh my God, I woke up this morning. I took a photo like as soon as I woke up because I knew I'd be doing this content and it was (laughs) super glowy. Like, you know, that like fresh glycolic acid in the morning plump glow. Oh, love it. Yep. Love that. So I actually have some photos and we'll pop them on Instagram stories the day this episode comes out. But yeah, if you're looking for, I guess, a really quite a hardcore glycolic acid, but you then want to have like a nice soothing serum to put over the top. These two together are Dynamo. Love them. Okay. So my product today is a fake tan because fake tan has been the only thing that has been getting me through every week. (laughs) I just, I am obsessed with this fake tan. So it's the Coco and Eve Sunny Honey Barley Bronzing Foam in Dark. So it does come in an ultra dark, which has been very hard for us to get our hands on because I think it's sold out like worldwide. There's also a medium shade. I really like the dark for my skin tone, but it is an excellent tan because it can be express and it can also be like an overnight tan as well. So I, um, as you know, on Fridays, Hannah, usually I join Zoom calls and I'm in my dressing gown. Yes, she does, guys. She, I'm like, I'm like so professional. She'll join like, she'll join like a team meeting in her pink fluffy dressing gown. She's like, yeah, it's because I've got tan on underneath. So I've been doing my tan on a Friday, but like in the morning at like 8am. And then I just wear it all day while I'm working and then I wash it off after work. And then I'm like, I'm, Multitasking, I'm for the, the joys of working from home. Exactly. I don't know how I'm going to go back to normal life if we ever get to, but this tan smells so good. It is one of the best smelling tans I have ever tried. The Alabashe one, it comes in pretty close, but it smells so good. And actually when I walk into the bathroom after I've done my tan, I'm like, oh, that smells so good. But yeah, it is a great tan, non-streaky, gives you the perfect color. It's got a guide color as well. So you know where you've put it. And yeah, that's my product for today. Did you have any other comments on it? Because you use it too. (laughs) I do. I use it too. And I always stuff up my hands, but I now use the Coco and Eve Vegan. They've got like a, sorry, they've got like a Kabuki brush that you can use with the tan. And I've started using that for face, hands and feet. And it actually is a game changer for Really? I don't think I have that, but maybe I need to use a kabuki. Yeah. So you do it like each finger and each like, and then also your face and it actually makes the tan 
it's so much. It's a game changer oh, for tanning. I don't use body tan on my face, but yes, I will try that with my hands and feet. I don't usually, but when I do, I I brush that onto my face, brush it onto my hands. Why don't wow. you use face um, body tan on your face? I have had some horrific reactions to tans on my face. Oh, yeah. So it's that's a no from me, <laughs> but it is a great tan. All right. Well, guys, see you next week. See you then. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Bye.